Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program live and underway here on the Big X. Glad to have you with us today. Just a reminder as we get into the season, I know we welcome in more fans of IU basketball. If you ever miss our live show in the 11 o'clock hour here on the Big X, you could always find us as a podcast. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You can click subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts and so many other platforms as well. And we appreciate you being with us each and every day. We encourage your input as well. Uh, some of you beginning to text in on the text line, the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Of course, you can always email the show Hoosier Report at gmail.com. And to find me on Twitter, at Hoosier Hills, all one word, Hoosier Hills on Twitter. Glad you're with us today. The season is here. I know there's some concern uh, based on Indiana's uh, success or lack thereof uh, in the opening game earlier this week, specifically the game, the way the game unfolded in the second half. But Indiana's going to be back at it on Friday. And as I mentioned yesterday, Northern Illinois appears to be much more of a challenge than what we initially thought. They went to Washington uh, on the road in Seattle earlier this week on Tuesday night, the same night the Hoosiers were in action, and they defeated, uh, I think, a sound Washington team, probably very similar uh, to IU as far as their projection in the Pac-12 conference. But uh, definitely, uh, if they can go on the road and beat Washington, they can come to Assembly Hall, I think, and make it a game. So uh, we'll see how things play out on Friday. I know a lot of concern as well. I shouldn't say concern, but a lot of questions about Christian Lander. He did not log any minutes in the exhibition, in the opening game of the season, I should say, on Tuesday night. What does that mean for his future at Indiana? And again, I know some people get really upset when Indiana loses, and there's been a lot of excitement around the program so far, but uh, I I think we, we just have to calm down here and see how things play out over the next month, month and a half or so. I think we'll have a better feel about the team, about Mike Woodson, and a lot more at that point. But Lander's going to get some opportunity. I just can't see any situation where he doesn't get some real minutes here early in the year, especially in some of these games coming up where uh, Indiana should be the big winner. Some of these mid-major level opponents coming to Bloomington, uh, those would be opportunities uh, to play him. In fact, Tuesday night had the Hoosiers not spoiled a, what, a 20 or so point lead uh, in the second half, that may have been the opportunity for Lander and Leal and others to to log some minutes. So uh, we'll see. There's a lot of things to follow with IU basketball right now. We'll do it each and every day here on the program. And I don't know about you guys, whether the Hoosiers win by 20 against a, a mid-major opponent, whether they win by a few. Uh, I'm just glad that college basketball is back. I'm interested to see 
uh, what Mike Woodson does. There's a total different feel around this program in so many different ways, and we've discussed a lot of those leading up to the season. And now that we get a chance to see and hear from Mike Woodson on a more regular basis, now that games are here, I think that feeling is going to continue. He just leads differently from Archie Miller and Tom Crean and some of the recent IU bosses. And I think it's a good thing. I think in our changing world, his interactions with players, his NBA experience, I just think it's a really interesting time to see how things come together uh, this season and what the future looks like for this program. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. We'll have our headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Indiana gets all three of its recruits in the 2022 class signed officially yesterday. We'll review those for you coming up. There's some IU football news. It's not necessarily good. One player, another player, I should say, hits the transfer portal and another player suspended from the roster as well. We'll we'll discuss that coming up. Also, IU women, they're going to be fun to watch this year. I love watching Allie Patberg and Grace Berger. Don't forget Berger's got a real local connection to us here in southern Indiana. Love watching them play ball. They are going to be good this year. The question is how good they got an opening win last night we'll discuss that coming up as well Romeo in action he continues to make three pointers now that he's back for the Celtics we'll discuss that as well and some other headlines here in segment number one then later in the show Thursday means it's the day that Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall joins us we'll take a look ahead at the Northern Illinois matchup on Friday night and we'll, we'll get back into Eastern Michigan a little bit get Alex's thoughts and so many different directions we can take things right now with IU basketball and some of the the interesting storylines here early on. But we'll have plenty to talk about with Alex when he joins us in segment two today. Then later in the show, segment three, we continue our preseason preview of high school boys basketball here in the area. The goal is to have every coach and some of the top players on between now and Thanksgiving, which is essentially when boys games officially begin in our state so far if you want to go back on podcast we've had Todd Sturgeon of Floyd Central earlier in the week we had Andrew Grants of Jeffersonville and today Matthew Lynch the head coach at Charlestown new boss of the Pirates will join the program coming up here in just a bit and uh, we'll get his first year survey of where things stand on Charlestown basketball. They have not been a notable program in our area of recent, but Coach Lynch has plans to change that, and we'll discuss that coming up a little bit later as we preview Charlestown with Matt Lynch later in the program today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is always open. We love to hear from you. Appreciate those of you uh, that do take time to text us. And don't forget, if you're listening to the podcast or you're watching the IU game on Friday, we don't have to be on the air for you to send in your questions, your comments, uh, your thoughts on the Hoosiers. We'll catch up to them uh, when we have our next show. But we'd love to hear from you today. Uh, Maybe you've got a question about IU hoops for one of our guests. Maybe you're frustrated with IU football. You'd like to sound off. Maybe you're frustrated with IU basketball already, and you'd like to make some comments or share some comments on that, and you can do all of that. Or maybe you want to talk some local sports. We've got New Albany football 
in a regional championship game on Friday night. We've got Matt Lynch joining us later today, the high school boys basketball season just around the corner. The number to send a text on the Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. The best thing I know to tell you, plug that in your phone, and you can send us a question, comment, whenever something strikes you when you're listening to the program. Don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh Fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And uh, the Thornton's text line always open here on the program. All right, let's take a look at our headlines for this Thursday, November 11th. College hoops is here. High school ball is around the corner. Hard to believe we're almost to Thanksgiving, almost midway through the month of November, uh, but lots to get to. IU, their 2022 recruiting class is now official. Yesterday was the first day of the national signing period, which I think from a high school sports perspective means a lot more for football specifically than basketball or some other sports. Seems to get a lot more coverage. And I guess in football, I'm not as well versed on football recruiting as I am basketball, but there's even some flips or some changes leading up to the NLI signing or even on signing day that people maybe haven't made their decision or they've announced for a football program, but they end up flipping and, and making a switch in their decision. But no surprises with Indiana. C.J. Gunn, in-state prospect at Lawrence North. He's going to be a fun one to follow in 4A basketball this year. I was looking at Jeffersonville's schedule earlier. Uh, they've got the Wildcats of Lawrence North on the schedule again this year, so we'll get a chance to see C.J. Gunn against a local team. Caleb Banks also signing. He's from down in Atlanta, Georgia. And then the, the, the key of the class, I, I don't think there's any question about this, and a player that I'm most intrigued with, and I said this a, a few shows back, maybe a week or so ago now, uh, Jalen hood Shafino, who signed his national letter of intent yesterday, he is going to be a special player. I'm, I'm far from being an expert prognosticator of, of ability and talent. Uh, just when you think you've been around the game long enough to know something, you get surprised or you're totally wrong, and that's happened to me a lot. But Jalen hood Shafino, I think he's really good, and he, I think we're going to see him this year, this Montverde team that he plays for down in Florida, they're going to be all over the t t TV, uh, national schedule, and we're going to get a chance to see him a lot more this year. He, I think, has the opportunity to be really, really good at Indiana and as a player to really be excited about. I think overall a good first year, first full year recruiting class for Mike Woodson. I think they're number 12 or 13 in the latest 247 sports uh, class rankings for 2022. So I think a very good uh, overall class for the Hoosiers. Of course, I know a lot of fans still disappointed. Noah Clowney didn't join the class earlier this month when he uh, made his commitment to Alabama. But uh, a good class for Mike Woodson. Yesterday, the official release coming out uh, on uh, from Coach Woodson from IU on these three players. And I thought this was notable. Coach Woodson said this about Jalen hood Shafino. He said, quote, Jalen has a presence about himself that makes you take notice. As a staff, we loved watching him play. He displays great maturity and is a team-first guy who makes others around him better, a pure winner. He has great size for his position and is a powerful guard that plays with force. Jalen will be able to help our ball club in a variety of ways. He's a guard that can score on all three levels, rebound the basketball, and has tremendous defensive awareness. 
like the others, we are anxious for Jalen to get to campus. And, of course, Coach Woodson, all coaches have kind comments on signing day when these sort of releases are put out. But I thought some uh, extra good comments that really break down what I've seen just the few times I've seen Hood Shafino play. Uh, I think he is a, a special talent coming to Bloomington. So uh, for Woodson to land him in year one, uh, definitely a good deal. IU women, they went on the road last night and defeated Butler at historic Hinkle Fieldhouse easily. Uh, the final score, 89-63, the Hoosier women getting the victory last night. And I tell you what, uh, this Indiana women's team, uh, people talking about them as an Elite Eight or maybe even a Final Four team uh, in women's college basketball. Uh, last night, and I'm not even sure, it's Nicole, I believe it's Cardano Hillary. It's a hyphenated last name. She had 29 points to lead the Hoosiers. She transferred to Indiana from George Mason two years ago. Get this, she was 11 of 12 from the field last night, and she was 7 of 8 from behind the three-point line. That is amazing. Uh, when I say this, I'm sure your mind immediately goes to the IU men's program and that they could use a knockdown shooter like that. She was a 27% three-point shooter, uh, three shooter a year ago. So, uh, we'll see if this shooting by Cardano, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing her name, Cardano Hillary's uh, uh, shooting continues, or if this was a fluke last night. Grace Berger, who I mentioned, she's got a local connection to us, 18 points last night. She's now in the 1,000-point club for the IU women. That, sh I think, tells a story of what kind of career that she has had so far. But this IU women's team, uh, get out to watch them play, make arrangements to follow them on TV. A lot of their games on the Big Ten Network. Uh, they're going to be fun to follow this year. I was guilty a year ago of not really turning their games on until we got into the postseason and they won a game or two in the NCAA tournament. I think all of Hoosier Nation supported them uh, when they got to the Elite Eight, obviously, and that was a fun game, a tough game for IU. But I think this is going to be a team, because of what's happened the last few seasons, uh, that gets a lot more recognition, as they should in the regular season as well. So we're going to do a better job this year tracking the IU women's program as they move through their season. IU football, a couple notes. Tight end Cameron Taylor is the latest IU football player to announce that he is going to enter the transfer portal here midseason. Taylor was a transfer coming into the program after the 2019 season. Uh, he started with South Alabama and was available immediately to play as a graduate transfer for Indiana. Six foot four, 270 pounds. He never appeared in a game for IU over the last couple seasons. He's had some injuries, so uh, not sure what the the reason for the transfer is. Maybe lack of playing time. Maybe just needs a chain of a change of scenery. Whatever the situation is, uh, Taylor will be a another departure when we look back at a number of players so far that have announced they are going to enter the transfer portal. Also, a true freshman running back at IU, Trent Howland. He's going to serve a two-game suspension. It started uh, at the Michigan game, so this weekend's game coming up against Rutgers will be game number two of his suspension. Uh, Howland has carried the ball five times this season for just 17 yards. He's only made one appearance so far for the Hoosiers. So, again, a not, not a, really a key loss for this weekend, but when you get as thin as what this Indiana team has – 
uh, because of injuries and departures and other things going on, a guy like Howland can maybe get some be a I don't want to say a difference maker, but maybe can play a bigger role if he was eligible, available to play uh, than what he has been. But he will not be with the team this weekend for the Rutgers game. So again, a, a very uh, thin IU team, uh, one scholarship player at running back. Uh, if uh, if Carr cannot play for the Hoosiers this weekend. So that kind of tells you where IU football is at right now. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. We will head to a commercial break. When we come back, segment two will be Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. We'll talk the latest on IU basketball. The season is here. IU, well, they held on. I think that's the best way to say it. Tuesday night to get a win over Eastern Michigan. Northern Illinois, the next opponent coming up on Friday at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. We'll preview that game and more with Alex. Stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. I wanted to make note, Romeo Langford uh, playing or back in the lineup for the Boston Celtics, and he continues to shoot it well from behind the three-point line. Langford was two of three from behind the three-point arc last night. His season percentage is now up to 46.7%. He is seven for 15 from behind the three-point line so far this season. Boston was a winner, 104-88 uh, last night uh, and improve uh, now to a five and six record after a really bad start that Boston uh, got off to. They are uh, beginning to maybe even that record out. Okay, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is my guest. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450 if you've got a question or you want to sound off about the Hoosiers uh, so far this season. Alex, I want to start with the 2022 recruiting class. No late surprises, but everything official now for C.J. Gunn, Caleb Banks, and as I've said multiple times here on the show, I think most importantly, uh, Jalen hood Shafino now officially going to be an IU Hoosier. Yeah, no late surprises, as you mentioned, Matt, but good to get everybody uh, that committed signed on the first day. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's always one of those situations where you get the commitment and then you're 99.9% sure they're coming and then you're 100% sure they're coming when the, the, uh, the letter of intent arrives. So good day yesterday for Indiana basketball getting all three of those guys. And, and as you mentioned, I, th- I think it's a well-rounded class. Uh, We've talked about before, Matt, I think in the spring they're probably going to have to figure out uh, what they need in the front court, but to be able to get Caleb Banks uh, to help solidify their, you know, three, four position depth moving forward and Jalen hood Shafino, I think is going to be a guy that comes in and plays significant minutes in the backcourt uh, from day one. And CJ Gunn, I think is just long-term a guy that uh, there's some upside there uh, in, in terms of his ability to, to score from both the perimeter and off the dribble. And I think he's a really good uh, kid uh, as well that, that really loves IU and stuck with the program 
uh, even despite the coaching change from Archie Miller uh, to Mike Woodson. So pretty pretty solid effort uh, for the Hoosiers in their first full uh, recruiting cycle, but probably some work to do in the spring, uh, either uh, finding some guys maybe that shake loose due to coaching changes or getting into the transfer portal uh, to solidify the front court. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Uh, I'm going to open up conversation about Tuesday's game and where the Hoosiers are at so far this early season, very generally with you. Uh, your thoughts, your immediate reactions to the Indiana narrow win over Eastern Michigan as far as what you liked and probably even more importantly, what what you didn't like or didn't see that you were expecting to see? Well, I mean, I think if you're an Indiana fan, the first thing you have to like is they won because if you remember 2017, uh, Archie Miller's first game as Indiana's coach uh, went into the season with a lot of promise and a lot of excitement and promptly lost by 21 on their home court to Indiana State. So, Regardless of how it happens, whether it's a one-point win or a 50-point win, I think if you're an IU fan, you're happy that they just won the game. Uh, in terms of what I liked from the game, you know, I didn't like the way Xavier Johnson started out with three turnovers in the first five minutes, but I did like how in the second half he rebounded and showed many of the things that made him such a coveted guy uh, last spring coming over from Pittsburgh. I thought he was very aggressive off the dribble. Uh as I mentioned, those three turnovers uh, in the first half give him credit because in the second half he stopped doing some of the unnecessary things that he was doing in the first half in terms of sloppiness with the ball and just took care of it and made sound decisions. And uh, I, I think he showed he can be pretty effective when he does that. I also like Rob Tennessee's aggressiveness. Uh, didn't shoot high percentage, but what I like from Rob is that he was willing to go out there and show some confidence and take those shots. Overall, um, you know, Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, I think you you got out of both of those guys what you'd expect, which is a, you know, a ton of production. And especially from Trace coming out with a double-double in his first game, uh, playing 37 minutes, probably more minutes than Indiana would like to play him on a regular basis. Um, but <clears throat> he's well-conditioned enough to do it. And, and I think uh, he showed himself to be uh, one of the premier front court players in the country. Uh, in terms of Things that, you know, obviously uh, have to improve. Uh, you can't let a guy like Noah Farrakhan, who's, to his credit, a really talented player, but, you know, taking over like he did in the second half. I mean, I think don't think he scored until he made a couple free throws at the 14-minute mark or so, and then I think the last five or six minutes of the game, he scores 15 points and almost single-handedly brings the team back. I mean, Indiana's going to go up against guards that are, uh, much better than him as the season rolls along. You can't let that happen on your home court. Uh, a guy just kind of single-handedly take over. I thought that was concerning. And then, you know, the shooting percentages, three-point shooting, I think everyone was happy to see them take 24 threes, but only making four uh, is not necessarily uh, encouraging. But I go back to kind of what I said at the beginning, Matt, is uh, they won the game and you can pick apart, you know, small elements of it and, and, say that these are things they need to do uh, better moving forward, but it was the first game. It's a new system, uh, a new coach, and, and to get out of there with a win, I think everyone's got to be happy with that. Alex Bozich inside the hall. We're talking IU basketball here on this Thursday edition of the show. You know, I've, ha I've had a lot of feedback from people, and, and you're going to get way more because you interact with so many different fans and your followers on social media, but I've had a lot of feedback and questions about Christian Lander 
He didn't get any minutes the other day. Were you surprised by that and anything else as far as playing time or minutes in the box score or what you saw on Tuesday night? Anything else surprise you? I was, yeah, a little bit surprised that Lander didn't get a single minute. I mean, in, early in the second half, Indiana was up by 21. So uh, the fact that he didn't even get an opportunity then tells me that, at least right now, he doesn't seem to be in the rotation. Same goes for Anthony Leal and, and Logan Duncan. I mean, it could just been a one-game thing, and maybe we'll see them more here as the early season games uh, roll along. You know, if Indiana gets some some more comfortable leads late in games, maybe we'll see that rotation expand a little bit. But pretty telling to me that those three guys didn't get on the court at all. Um, you know, it was interesting, you know, the amount of minutes that, that Trey Galloway got. You know, he got 14, 15 minutes. Uh, you look at the, the box score, I think he had a couple turnovers, not super productive in the minutes he got. So uh, I guess I'm a little uh, curious as to maybe what's differentiating him in the eyes of the coaching staff right now from guys like, Christian Lander and Anthony Leal, who, uh, you know, with Lander, I think you can at least point to some upside there and say that he's a guy that you, you want to develop over the course of the season. And with Leal, uh, three-point shooting, uh, obviously not a strength of, of this team in previous seasons, and, and he's got a chance to maybe contribute something uh, from that perspective. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was definitely – surprised that Lander didn't get in it at all and uh you know I I don't I don't know how sustainable that is uh, to keeping him happy uh, throughout the season if he's not going to play at all uh I, I don't necessarily uh see that uh working uh too well for you know a former five-star recruit that obviously has aspirations to, to to play at the highest level of college basketball if he's not earning any minutes in the first game uh against the a team uh, like Eastern Michigan, uh, it sounds like he's got some work to do if he wants to see the court. Alex Bozich talking uh, IU basketball. we got to talk about Friday's game. It's a Northern Illinois team that sure got my attention uh, when they went on the road Tuesday night and defeated Washington. Uh, you know, anytime these mid-major schools win on the road at a, a high major school, it's it's worth taking note of. I think Virginia, who's number 25 in the country or was number 25 in the country, they were defeated uh, this week one night against a mid-major team. I forget who exactly it was. Of course, we saw Akron take uh, Ohio State down to the wire. In fact, the Zips had the lead with just a couple ticks left until Ohio State got a, a pass, an entry pass from out of bounds right at the rim and able to score score at the buzzer so it's not uncommon to see close games or to see some big upsets here early in the year but I was surprised to see Northern Illinois go on the road to Washington and get a big win yeah that I mean that that was really surprising when you consider that I think Northern Illinois is ranked lower than than Eastern Michigan and most of the computer rankings that started out the season now that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot when you consider but they're also, I think, under uh, a first-year head coach and, and undergoing some uh, some changes there. But, yeah, I mean, Washington's not obviously the strongest team. I think they're outside of the top 100 in Ken Palm uh, to start the year. They've had a lot of talent over the last, you know, several years uh, out there, but, but uh, they're expected to be down a little bit. But still, it does kind of open your eyes, I think. I think it's a good thing for Mike Woodson as he gets this team ready uh, for tomorrow night that he can point to the fact that, hey, guys, down the stretch against Eastern Michigan, you you had a 21-point lead and, and you let them come all the way back, get it within one. And now the team you're playing tomorrow, they just went out to Washington and won. So if you don't come out tomorrow night and play better, 
if you don't kind of execute on the, the two or three things that we need to do well to win, you're going to be in for a, you know, a really close game. So, uh, ultimately, I think that can be a, uh, a good thing uh, for Indiana entering tomorrow's game is now that the coaching staff may have their attention uh, based on that result. But uh, it should be uh, an interesting game, if nothing else. I mean, I, I, you know, on paper, it's, it's one obviously Indiana should win, but uh, anything can happen, as uh, we've seen early in the season in college basketball. Uh, these guaranteed games, uh, sometimes there's nothing guaranteed about them. Yeah, I tell you what, we've talked about the schedule being set up the right way for this Indiana team, where they've been, where they're going or trying to go, and that I think we comp- both have complimented the staff on, you know, it's not really a, a sexy schedule. There aren't a ton of uh, really interesting games early on, but Tuesday night should have been an underscore, I think, for fans wondering why are we not playing some bigger schools here early on that this Indiana team still has a lot of work to do, and this coaching staff has a lot of work to do getting what they want to do in. So Tuesday night with the comeback from Eastern Michigan and some tight moments late in that ball game were a reminder that this schedule that's ahead for IU over the next few weeks heading into Big Ten play, of course you get an early shot of Big Ten in December and then the rest uh, uh, jumps back in in the new year. But it was a reminder to me that you know I think it's the right way to do this thing for Mike Woodson in year one. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's one of those situations where I don't think you can make everybody happy because there's going to be those who complain that the schedule is too weak early on. And, you know, if Indiana would have played a stronger team to start the game and lost, then everybody would have been uh, complaining about that. So I, I do, you know, think it's given the backdrop of the fact that the Big Ten is going to be strong again, Matt, and there's a lot of opportunities to pick up wins that, actually are going to, you know, move the needle for your resume. I, I think it's smart that Indiana's t- kind of easing into this season. It's something they didn't do at all last year because of COVID, you know, the COVID protocols and the limited non-conference schedule. They only played two games last year where it was, you know, again, basically guaranteed they're going to win. They're playing, I think, eight such games this year. Uh, again, not, not all of them are guaranteed, but basically when I say a guarantee game, what, what I'm insinuating is, you're agreeing to play an opponent without, you know, any agreement for you to go play at their, at their place. So it's kind of a term that, that's used uh, in scheduling in college basketball, but it's basically, you know, paying 90 or a hundred thousand of these schools to come play a game uh, with no guarantee of a return. So I think going heavy on those contests is a smart thing early on for Mike Woodson. I don't think it's something that he's going to want to do with any regularity once he gets into his tenure, because Indiana needs to be playing, a nationally relevant non-conference schedule uh, to really help them in recruiting moving forward. But for this year, for this particular team, with everything that's gone on in terms of turnover with the, the staff and you know getting a new roster, all these new pieces, I think it's a smart approach. And uh, yeah, I mean, if they would have come out the other night and played the way they did against a team that was uh, much better, they would have lost. And, and then you would have had uh, you know a lot of people questioning kind of. Uh, the direction of the program from the, the first game, and that's definitely not what you want to do. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, one of my favorite features on your website to check out after a game, I think it's normally the next day or so after the the game comes to a close, is the, the film session where uh, you guys really break down some of the happenings on the court, the X's and O's side of the game. I'm curious, uh, I know your latest uh, uh, film session focused on, I think, 
Rob Fennessy a little bit, but I'm curious, what what did you see Tuesday night as you go back and break things down and take a review of things? What stood out most to you that was different as far as the X's and O's from Archie Miller last year to Mike Woodson this year? Well, I can't take any credit for film session because uh, that's the great work of Ryan Carraza who does who does that. But I can say, uh, you know, he focused on looking at Rob Fennessy from the first game. For me, I mean, I think the biggest difference that I saw was just more freedom offensively. You know, almost at times to a detriment, and Mike Woodson said that afterwards. You know, he said there was probably three or four shots that they took on threes that you know, weren't good shots and that maybe they should have, uh, you know, pulled it back out and tried to run something and, and got, get, got a better shot. But, you know, we, we weren't seeing Indiana with that much freedom offensively under Archie Miller. I think uh, they, they definitely pushed the tempo a little bit more to, to get out and transition. I would like to see um, kind of more, more of what we saw, you know, the last 20, 30 minutes of the game. I mean, they started out turning the ball over early and then only ended up with eight turnovers. I think that's a really good sign if they're going to be able to play with the pace that they did and only turn the ball over eight times. You know, I do think they got some really good looks from the perimeter and just didn't make them. And that's kind of obviously been something we've talked about now for several years. But I think if you continue to generate quality looks, uh, you're going to ultimately start to get in rhythm and make some shots. And I do think long-term this offense has – uh, some potential to be really good if they can continue to get the ball inside to Trace Jackson Davis, and that opens things up on the perimeter. We did see early on Parker Stewart knocking a couple of threes, and I, I, I <laughs> excuse me, Matt, I, th- I do think there's enough uh, on this team uh, shooting wise to at least get up to be you know an average shooting team. It's not like they need to be a, a team that's not knocking in 40 percent of its threes on a regular basis, but if they can just be kind of mid tier in the Big Ten. I think that's going to lead to, to uh, you know, a vast improvement just in terms of wins and losses as the season rolls along. So you're saying fans should not overreact to the four of twenty-two, twenty-three, whatever it was from long range the other night. I wouldn't. Uh, you know, if it happens for five or six games in a row, uh, I, you know, I then I would start to be a little bit concerned. But it was the first game uh, in front of fans obviously in a while a lot of new players uh, out there and and I agree with what Woodson said uh, for the most part I think they got pretty good shots there were probably three or four of them uh, that were, were taken out of rhythm and I mean the thing I always look for when I'm watching a team play at least offensively is you know how clean of a looks are they generating and are they within rhythm are they in rhythm of the offense you don't ever want to see guys forcing shots up and I thought for the most part uh, they got shots within kind of the flow of the offense and off of decent ball movement. So I think that's kind of when uh, you look at it and say uh, this is something they can build on. Now, obviously you can't uh, sustain going four for four or four for 24 on a game in game out basis uh, and win against better competition. But I don't think it's cause for too much concern at this point. And, and again, I kind of go on, I say that with, acknowledging that I don't expect Indiana to be an elite three-point shooting team, but I think if they can just be average, which to me is mid-30s from a percentage standpoint, I I think that can be, uh, you know, something that 
uh, they build on as the season goes along. We're talking IU basketball with Alex Bozich of InsideTheHall.com, a great resource if you're a fan of the Hoosiers and want to track all the happenings with the program under the first year of, of Coach Mike Woodson. Uh, I want to talk, before we let you go, Alex, about your thoughts so far on college hoops this season uh, anything stand out to you from the first week? Obviously, from a Big Ten perspective, I always follow the results each and every night or each and every morning. I was a little surprised at Akron challenging Ohio State so closely on their home court. Obviously, Michigan State uh, lost in one of the big games so far of the college hoop season. They took on Kansas at Madison Square Garden. But anything from a, a Big Ten or even just college hoops perspective so far uh, this first few days of the season catch your attention? Yeah, I didn't get to watch all of it, but I, you know, I watched some highlights. But I was impressed with the level of play in the Kentucky and Duke game. You know, those are two programs that really struggled last season. Um, you know, I don't think either one made the NCAA tournament. Correct me if I'm wrong, but but this this season, I think that's going to be much different. And I was really impressed with the level of play from uh, Duke's freshmen in particular. Uh, I, I thought. Uh, were really good and, and to play on that stage in the opening game of the season and having that many freshmen and newcomers out there uh, to produce that that high quality uh, of a contest, I thought was uh, was really impressive. Um, obviously, you know, with Ohio, with Ohio State getting challenged, taken down uh, to the wire, you mentioned against Akron. Uh, not shocked at that because I think Ohio State's a team that a lot of people think are going to be really good, but uh, they're also integrating some new pieces their guard their guards are are all new i mean cj walker is gone obviously Dwayne washington went uh, to pr- pursue a professional career and anytime you're having uh, turnover at that position uh, it, it's going to be uh, an adjustment period i mean ej liddell as good as he is uh, you know it can't be a one-man show and i think kyle young was out uh, as well for ohio state the other night and that's a guy that they really need to be successful on a night in night out basis. But I think what you're going to see over the next couple of weeks, Matt, is there's going to be some mid to low major teams that are able to go on the road and, and win some, some of these guarantee games. And, and it's going to be a cause for concern for, for fan bases around the country. And, and uh, you know, but, but this is the time of year when, when upsets do happen uh, pretty frequently, because quite frankly, a lot of these teams just don't have uh a lot of games under their belt and with the transfer portal and the roster movement around college basketball continuity uh, on rosters is, is not uh, what it once was. And uh, you're going to see uh, a lot of surprises here early in the season. Indiana just has to hope uh, that they're not one of the, the early season victims uh, falling uh, to, to one of these lesser opponents in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. No question. Alex Bozich, he's with us on Thursdays uh, from inside the hall. Alex, uh, great to have you with us as we celebrate the start of college basketball. We'll talk with you again next week. All right, Matt. Thanks for having me, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Absolutely. Let's go to the Thornton's text line for just a moment. This is just a comment from a texter. Texter says, I know it is different for all coaches, but I am a fan on casual wear for coaches, a la Coach Knight when he switched to the iconic red sweater and Coach Wright wearing sweats while head coach at Wyoming. I think fan bases like, and this is just me speaking here now, I think fan bases like IU, Kentucky, a few others really would pay attention to what a coach wears. I guess if you got a coach that wears suit and tie and gets all decked out, then you go to someone casual or vice versa, it, it may stand out to you more. But 
IU fans, uh, and with shows like this and websites like Alex's, we, we don't miss much when it comes to what uh, the coaches and players and recruits of this program done. But thanks for the comment. No question about that. All right, we will head to a commercial break. One final segment ahead. Matt Lynch, the new coach at Charlestown, is our latest as we preview the 21-22 high school basketball season. We'll talk about the Pirates. Uh, They need a little uh, tender loving care. We'll see if Coach Lynch has a recipe in store, and we'll talk about the season upcoming for Charlestown after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back with you, a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450, and you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings every day on fuel and more. Our goal is to preview all of the local high school basketball programs between now and the start of the season, the week of Thanksgiving. And today we talk with Matt Lynch. He's the first-year coach at Charlestown, played basketball at New Albany, was an assistant coach to Jim Shannon there for many seasons, left and found a lot of success rebuilding the Tell City program, and now he's back in our local area leading the Pirates. Coach, glad to have you on. Matt, thanks for having me. Coach, such a busy, busy week for head coaches, uh, getting your team put together with tryouts earlier this week, getting some of the first practices underway. This is a new challenge for you, and Charlestown has been a program in recent years in the area that has not been that successful and needs some new energy. Can you talk about the energy and what you're trying to do to revitalize this Charlestown program? Yes. Um, you know, Charlestown, like you said, has had not had a lot of success in the past. Um, so we really try to change the culture here. That's kind of been our main focus point these first three days of practice is just, you know, changing the culture and the expectation of winning. Um, and I can say through the first three practices, you know, I, I was an assistant at New Albany for six years. I was a head coach at Tell City for five years. So this is year number 12. And I'm not sure in 12 years I've ever been through three practices with a group of guys that's worked harder than this group that I currently have now. So uh, I think we're definitely taking steps in the right direction. Um, these kids are coachable. They're wanting to learn. They're working really hard. Um, and I think that it's going to pay off in the long run. Coach uh, Matt Lynch is my guest of Charlestown. When I look at the roster uh, for this season, there are not a lot of recognizable names, a lot of new faces. One of the names I do recognize, Chase Benner, who plays multiple sports at Charlestown. He's a senior, and unfortunately, due to a football injury, he's going to be out for a while until around the Christmas holiday. Tell us some of the names that you're going to lean on here in these opening weeks of the season. Yeah, unfortunately for Chase, you know, he broke his foot in the sectional football game. Um, last game of the season, so he's out till around Christmas time, and he was really the only one that had any type of uh, varsity experience um, last year. So we're basically starting over fresh um, with a lot of inexperienced players. But with that being said, we still have talented players, and um, you know I'm really excited with the group that we got. I think that a couple names that you'll see and 
in the paper and hear their names are uh, Jake Helton. He's a junior for us. Um, he had a phenomenal summer with us, and he's had a really good three days of practice. Um, so I'm expecting a lot on him, kind of putting the leadership roles um, in his hands until Chase gets back full-time. And then I think a couple other names you'll hear for us are Trace Thierman and Austin Pickerel. So those three um, will definitely be leaned on heavily um, to start the season until Chase gets back. But uh, like I said, I feel really confident that they have enough talent to help us get to where we need. And we also have help from other guys. Even though we're young, we have good talent um, surrounded around us. Question from the Thornton's text line. Uh, Coach Lynch, with a lot of new faces on the roster, what kind of season do you predict Charlestown fans can expect? You know, my expectations and our team expectations, we've talked about this, I think they're different than the outside expectations. You know, we expect to win, and that's the culture that I'm trying to bring here. So, um, you know, we're not trying to put, oh, we want to have a winning season or we want to win 13, 14 games. We want to win every game. Um, we, know that's, we know that's going to be a challenge. We know it's going to be tough, but that's our mindset. Um, I think we've been, with the lack of success that we've had and, you know, certain teams in the area like Silver Creek's been so dominant in the 3A sectional um, and in the state tournament and so on, I feel like sometimes when we play those teams, uh, we're, we're already beat before we step on the floor. So we've had those conversations already early in the season and we'll continue to have them um, throughout the season. But our expectation is to win, win right away. Um, even though we don't really care what other people outside of the program think or expect, you know, if their expectations are low, but our expectations are high and we expect to compete and win, you know, every time we step on the floor. Matt Lynch, the first year coach at Charlestown is my guest as we preview the Pirates for the upcoming season style of play. Uh, how do you think after just a few official practices, I know you've had a chance in the summer when you arrived and through the fall to work with this team and a lot of the roster what type of style do you expect that you'll put on the floor? Well, since I've been a head coach, uh, I've really hung our hat on the defensive end. Um, you know, my team's at Tell City. You know, we always played really great man-to-man defense. Um, we, we, you know, usually we're the top 10 or 15 in scoring average across the state for uh, points allowed. So I'm kind of trying to bring that same mentality here. Uh, you know, we've hit defense hard the first three days of practice. Um, and a lot of it's new. Last year they played a lot of zone defenses. This year we're playing – almost strictly man-to-man defenses. So we hope to, you know, hang our hat on the defensive end. And like I told our guys yesterday, when teams come and play Charlestown, we hope that they walk out of here, you know, kind of worn out and, you know, really uh, struggle to score points on, on the offensive end. So I hope that when, you know, people come see Charlestown play, they'll really be, you know, um, surprised about how hard they play on the defensive end and how well uh, of a team defense that, that we do that we do put on the floor. As far as offensive we, um, you know, my philosophy is you got to kind of gear your offense towards, you know, what kind of talent you you have in that team. You know, unlike college teams, we can't recruit kids to play in a, our system. So, you know, this year we have good size, um, good strong kids. So we have to use that to our advantage and you know take advantage of teams inside. And if they start collapsing, then we can kick out um, to our shooters and you know play that way. But uh, our hat will definitely be hung on the defensive end, and you know we'll try to make teams earn every point. All right, uh, Coach Lynch, uh, two seasons ago the Pirates won just four games. Last year, eight victories for Charlestown, and obviously a very different year because of the pandemic. Um, As you look at building this program, it's going to take more than just the varsity level, even the JV and freshman levels right now. You're going to have to dip below that and and build what's called a feeder program. 
Uh, that is so important nowadays when a coach takes over a program that needs some some extra care. And talk about your efforts there because I'm not sure that the average fan that goes to a Friday night game realizes the work that goes in with younger levels to keep players at your school, to keep them excited and enthused with what's going on with the high school program, and you're trying to rebuild all of that at Charlestown. Yeah, so it's something that we've, you know, I've really tried to hit hard here in my first few months in the job um, is building that feeder system and having the making sure the younger kids know who I am. You know, I, we had a back-to-school camp for the elementary uh, grades the first couple weeks of school, and we had a great turnout, over 150 kids in that. Um, we got a youth league that we just started a couple weeks ago, and we have a great turnout in that. And uh, our high school kids have, you know, done a phenomenal job of helping work those uh, camps and those those youth leagues and just building that camaraderie within the community of, you know, high school kids working with younger kids, future pirates, um, getting little kids excited about coming to Charlestown, staying in Charlestown, and one day wanting to, you know, play for the high school. And so I think all that's important in having, being able to rely on your high school players to, you know, help help you build that. Um, really builds that camaraderie and makes kids excited about being a future pirate one day. All right, Coach Lynch, at New Washington on November 23rd, that's kind of a rivalry game in northern Clark County. And then at Silver Creek on November 30th, the defending state champion, uh, you're going to find out a lot right out of the gate. Yeah, you know, New Washington has a really strong team. I've already started watching film on them. And, you know, they returned four starters from last year's team. And from what I've been told, they have an incoming freshman that's, you know, going to be a varsity contributor for them. So, we're going to take it one game at a time. I know a lot of people are going to want to look ahead to that Silver Creek game, but we're going to put all of our focus on New Washington um, to start the season and take it one game at a time. And like you said, we'll find out pretty quickly, you know, where we stand. But, you know, the best, the most important thing, and I've told our kids this, is we want to be playing our best basketball at the end of the season. Um, so if we continue to build and work on what we need to work on and get better throughout the season, then we're playing our best basketball, you know, when the state tournament comes around. That's, that's our goal. Absolutely. Matt Lynch, good luck. He's the first-year coach at Charlestown. We'll catch up with you this season, and that's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program. Back with you Friday at 11 a.m., this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.